and we, we, we are back. This is the Mouthpiece Podcast with Ezra Hernandez and Jade Pacheco, my one and only. Um, is that a good intro for you? I don't know. I feel like I like when you like say all the things. And let's get to business. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Okay. My one and only, my partner in crime, <laughs> the hero, and the person who owns my heart. Is that right? I guess. I guess you could say that. Owns my heart? Yeah. It doesn't sound romantic. I do own it, though. I guess so. Okay, here we go. Um, so we are on this week. We are going to break down some fights this weekend. And uh, we have Canelo fighting this weekend. I feel like not a lot of people know that, that Canelo's fighting this weekend. Well, I've actually never seen Canelo fight. So, so. you've never seen Canelo fight, and you're the co-host of a boxing podcast. But, but also, and in MMA my defense, podcast. I was, like, blown away when I was looking up his stats. Oh, yeah. He's amazing. He's so young. Oh, yeah. I was like, what the heck? Yeah. And it feels like he's been fighting forever. He's actually started fighting pro when he was 16 years old. Oh, wow. Yeah. No, it's crazy. I was, like, blown away. But, uh... Who's he fighting? He is fighting Avni Yildirim. Okay, cool. So before we go into any of those, mm-hmm. for my people that like stats, like me, I did some research. I know I can't just carry the podcast with all of the humor. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that was a joke. <laughs> Anyways, um, I like stats. So uh, it gives, I guess it gives me a better idea of the person. I don't know if that's important to you guys. It's important to me. So I uh, finessed my way into doing this for the podcast. Right, I like it. So Canelo, he's from Mexico. He's actually from where my family is from, which is kind of cool. So he's from Guadalajara, Jalisco, Mexico. He's 5'9". The weight was kind of hard because it just listed all the weight classes that he's Okay, so Canelo in. started at 154. Okay. He's worked his, all the way up to 173. Oh, wow, really? And right now he's at 168. He'll be fighting at 168. For okay, yeah, that was the only part that didn't mm-hmm. make sense. So he is 30, I believe, and born in 1990. Uh, he has 57 wins. 36 of those were wins by knockout and one loss. Also, his reach is 70 and a half. I also was looking at miscellaneous things about him, too. Orthodox. Um, I don't know. I thought that was pretty cool. Hey, anything on Avni Yildirim? Yes. So, Avni is Turkish. He's from Turkey. Um, he is 5'11". Same thing with the weight class. Um, I wasn't sure. He listed a bunch. Born in 1991, so he's also young. But kind of right there, I guess. Uh, 21 wins, two losses, 12 of those wins were knockouts, and his reach is 70. He's also, or, oh, also. <laughs> 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 also orthodox. And then I thought this was kind of funny. His nickname was Mr. Robot. I guess I get that. I don't really understand that. Yeah, I... The only thing I could think of is, like, he keeps, like, the same poker face so he's just like a robot in there i have no idea but i guess is that all the stats we have that's here? all i have okay let me break down this fight because i think we went the stats are good i like the stats i think the fight will be shorter than the stats you just read right now i kind of thought so too i mean just looking at the wins 57 21 so avni year year uh year durham is a mandatory uh, to fight Canelo. So a mandatory means that he fought, he picked one of the belts, one of the many belts, and he said, I'm going to work my way up the rankings on this. And 
how he worked his way up to number one for demanding a title shot, I don't know because he's coming off of a he had two losses like recently, mm-hmm. and um, so I don't I don't know what uh, Avni how he got here right, but there is a lot of there's a lot of like um, what is it called? There's a lot of people mad about this fight. There's like a lot of bad feelings about this fight, and I Why? get it because it's such a mismatch. Like Canelo is gonna win this fight. Now I'm gonna break it down. The way Canelo's going to win. I'm going to break down the way that Avni will have a chance. But he doesn't really have a chance. I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm like, I'm not to disappoint people or anything. He just doesn't have a chance. And people are disappointed that Canelo's taking this fight. But, but let me. So on your last podcast. I, I agree. I wasn't. I'm, not, I'm, I'm on a cold streak. I mean, I hate the saying, be the devil's advocate. But. I, I'm going to be the devil's you advocate. You were like super wrong last time. It will take the devil in the ring with Avni to get <laughs> I'll say that. But, okay, but I will be the devil's advocate, okay? Okay. But let me explain, though, why people shouldn't be mad about this fight. There shouldn't be no controversy on this fight. Canelo Alvarez fought two months ago. He didn't have to give you this fight. This is a fight to stay a tune-up fight, which PBC offers you. Last year, Porter fought one time. It was a tune-up fight. One time he fought a tune-up fight. What was all the clamoring then? Canelo's giving you a fight on the zone on a membership you probably bought for his last fight. That was a decent fight. And you're going to still get this fight on that same membership you bought last time. And it's a fight that he's taking. It's not taken away from any of the other fights he's going to have. This thing, you think he's going to take a real tough opponent two months away from the fight he just had? No, he wasn't going to do that. So, okay, he's getting a tune-up. We're getting a free Canelo showcase. It's all we're getting. He's still going to fight four more times this year, three more times this year, two more times this year. That's still more than any other fighter, active fighters fighting. So he gave you a tune-up. Appreciate that we have it. We get to witness greatness, and we're not paying pay-per-view money for it. So I don't understand the controversy on it. And this is what's going to happen in this fight. So you can already tell I'm worked up on this because I don't understand. It's a, it's a controversy that doesn't make sense. It's People are mad. People, I don't know if people really like boxing. I really don't. I think they like talking about boxing. I think people think, I think journalists get into boxing because they think like there's not a lot of competition there. People are talking NBA, NFL. I don't know. I really love this. Like I really do. I really love this sport. I really love MMA. I, I really you guys do. could see his face right now. I really do love these things. So I don't understand when people are complaining about watching Canelo Alvarez fight when he's going to give you two more fights this year and they're probably going to be versus Caleb Plant and Billy Joe Saunders. And you cannot get mad at those opponents. It's not his fault that Canelo is so far damn above these guys. They, they all look like two naps. But Omni's here because of the IBF thing. Be mad at the belts. Don't be mad at Canelo. Be mad at the belts who ranked this guy to fight this fight. We're, I'm done with that part. Now let's, here's what's going to happen in the fight. I Please, scouted honey. Canelo. I didn't need to. I've seen Canelo fight, but it, I like to break it down really. I don't want to miss the thing, right? And I was just looking at Canelo and what make, what makes him so effective, right? He put pressure on you so to open up your offense because you had to punch to get him off of you so he could counter. He's doing two things that are opposite of each other. Usually a counterpuncher moves back. So wait, explain that a little bit more for people like me who have absolutely no clue what you're talking I, I'm getting about. To, I'm going to get to it right now. Usually a counterpuncher, if you watch them, right, they either stay in the middle of the ring, right, or they move backwards. And they wait for you to attack. And when they to, when you attack, they counter off your attack. So when you punch, they, there's an opening, and they're going to counter off that opening. They wait for your offense to get started for their offense to get started. Oh, got it. Okay. okay. Canelo 
Put so the better way to say that is timing? No, well, it's counter. It's because it's well, a counter. No, no, no. It's like you're timing. Yeah, he's timing them. Okay. But he's timing them. He's letting, he's making you open up so he can't time you. I'm just thinking about this in like layman's terms for yeah, people I, like me. I guess. So. That, yes, that makes sense. So, but what Canelo does is he puts pressure on you to make you open up. He says, I want to counter you, but I'm going to put pressure on you so you're forced to punch. Because if you don't, then I'll just pound the hell out of your body and your head and your arms. Because Canelo will pound your arms. He doesn't care. He'll take whatever you got and you'll break it down slowly. But he forces you, he, you're putting so much pressure, you say, oh, I gotta punch this guy off of me. And then that creates the opening. Yeah. So Canelo is he's the patient. He don't he has no problem. Uh he has he's one of the most patient like uh power punchers I've ever seen. He really is. Like he he does not mind going rounds. He's not uh He's not in a hurry to impress the crowd. He's not anything. He's just focused. He's 100% focused on the task at hand. The problem, the, the things that I had to say, well, okay, what is Canelo weaknesses? I had to look into it, right? And I looked at him fight, uh, I looked at him fight uh, Golovkin, right? That was his toughest fight. I mean, you could say Lara, you could say uh, Trout, but that was like earlier in his career. I'm saying Canelo at his 100%, right? Who gave him his toughest fight? It's Golovkin. And what, what, what did Golovkin do? Right, he kept the fight at a distance. He made sure there was always a distance between him and Canelo. He didn't do it by moving. He didn't do it. He, I mean, he moved at times, but he did it with a jab. He, he did it by having the leg movement to keep a distance and keep punches coming from that distance. That Canelo had what his head movement had to stay from a certain point. He couldn't really counter. Couldn't get going because there was a certain distance between them the whole time. Avni is not going to be able to do that. He doesn't have the skill to do that. Avni is a pressure fighter. He's a uh, he likes to. Um, he likes to put the pressure on you. He likes to try to rough you up. He likes to work on the inside mm-hmm. to, ju- to just lay on you. This is exactly what Canelo wants. This is exactly Canelo's dream. This is why Canelo was is taking this fight two months after another fight. Canelo sparred this guy. He knows what this guy brings to the table. He knows that Canelo, Canelo knows this is going to bring out everything that he's good at. This fight brings it out. And it's not against a, a guy that's elite at what he what Avni does. Avni is not elite at what he does. His offense is very predictable it's very limited he the only way like let me explain okay canelo's gonna win this fight he's gonna win this fight by knockout he's gonna hit Omni to the temple i'm calling a i'm so confident i'm gonna call the shot that will hurt him it will be a temple shot because the way Omni protects himself is he when you start working your offense he just protects he just uh puts his gloves to the side of his face and just waits till you're done but the problem with Omni is he puts his gloves to the side of his face only up to his cheekbone if you look at all his fights, he has swelling on the temple of his head. Why? Because you can hit him to the temple of the head. And what's Canelo pretty damn good at? Putting his uh, shots precisely where it need to be. He's going to hit him to his temple. He's going to lose all his balance, all his coordination, and Canelo's going to get a knockout. Because Canelo, the thing that people make Canelo mad is because they were giving him such a hard time about this fight when it really made no sense why. So Canelo's going to go out there, look impressive, uh, knock this guy out. He's gonna hit him with a lot of shots. And if Omni's, you know, has all the strength, or whatever, you can only have as much strength as you want when you're just getting hit continuously, continuously, and continuously. And Canelo's gonna do that. Now, how will Omni win this fight? What are the chances? <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> you know. Yes, please tell me. Honestly, it would take an off night by Canelo. It would take Canelo completely looking past him. Okay, but we know that this is very. It could very well happen. It could happen. It could. It won't happen, but it could happen, right? But Omni okay. is going to have to apply a pressure, right? Not just with punches. I'm talking about where he's holding Canelo, where he's pushing him against the ropes and Canelo cannot get off. He's pushing him. He's manhandling him. He's uh, hitting him in the, in the, in the um, hitting, them, hitting them when they're grabbing each other. 
usually, you know what this is right here, and this is what they say when like an MMA fighter comes to fight a professional boxer. And let me tell you what this strategy is. It's the strategy when you have no chance in the fight. You hear this a lot. Oh, he's gotta rough him up. He's gotta fight ugly. That means he has no shot in the ring. So what they're relying on is him actually cheating to win the fight. Mm. Avni could be able to throw kicks, headbutts, elbows, even takedowns. He will lose this fight. There is no uh, chance of him winning this fight other than he literally uh, trades with Canelo and Canelo gets too confident and he catches Canelo and hurts him. But Avni's not that big of a power puncher. Like it's a for his style, he's not that big of a power puncher. Yeah, he has no sh- chance in this fight. Canelo should look impressive. Um, he should uh, get Canelo the tune-up that he wants in between makeup a payday Canelo didn't get last year. So he gets so, uh, before he goes to Billy Joe Saunders, but. Avni, um, you know he's got to he's got to look to smother Canelo. He's got to look to smother him. He's got to look any to flaws in Canelo's defense or anything that you could see. Just Canelo struggles when you could keep him at distance. Floyd did it. Um, Golovkin did it with a jab. If you could keep Canelo at a distance, his defense and countering becomes a lot less effective. And that's what you would have to do. But that's not Avni's game. Avni's game is exactly what Canelo wants to do. Canelo's basically going to go in there and fight uh, a punching bag that's going to punch back. And that's what he's going to fight. Hmm. Let's go on to the next fight on the undercard of that, and that is Julio Cesar Martinez versus McWilliams Arroyo. Do we have stats on these guys? Yes, yes, I do. You were a little nervous then. I was like, wait, where are they? This isn't the order you sent me. Uh, okay, so Julio Cesar 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 Martinez mm-hmm. is. Mexican. He's from the F. <laughs> you couldn't tell from his name. You couldn't tell from his name. <laughs> Letting me know now. He He's... sounds like every bad street in <laughs> <family. laughs> Shut up. Okay. <laughs> uh, he's from the F. Where my family's at now. So very that made me happy. He is five foot two, twenty-six years old. He has seventeen wins, one loss. His wait, uh, wait. I forgot the reach. It's at the bottom, but knockouts are 13 and reach is 63. I think you might have the wrong Julio Cesar Martinez here. Are you serious? Yeah, because Julio Cesar Martinez, I don't believe, has lost a fight. Are you you serious? Maybe Google that real quick. I just want to confirm that we have the right guy because I don't think he's lost a fight. Really? What's his height you have? 5'2". That sounds about right. Let me see. Oh, my gosh. And we have to do this while we're recording. It's all right. This is why I like more than one. Well, Julio Cesar Martinez is probably a million of them. <laughs> but a boxer. <laughs> well, I'm just saying. Like, there, you, I could scramble this name up a thousand times. No, It'll come over no, no, no. Okay, it's yeah. It says it's him. Julio Cesar Martinez. I might be wrong. I mean, I could be wrong. Let's see. Go to his box record. Oh yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's this, him. Okay, okay, go to the box record. I don't know. Who did he lose to? Oh, my gosh. I'm go so his, sorry we have no, to do this. I, right I mean, I just want to know. I just, I didn't I remember him losing. He lost to, oh, so it was a long time ago. Oh, he actually lost his debut. Okay, that makes sense. I was like, I've never seen him lose. He's like a top, you know, one of the top prospects in boxing. This guy doubting my research like, It was solid. That's solid. You know what? It's good we did that. So people know that you ain't playing around. I'm not playing exactly. around. What am I ever playing around? That's what I'm just saying. Okay, we're Anyways, here. moving on. Reaches 63. Um, so the miscellaneous stuff that I found was his nickname is El Rey. It's from Mexico City. What is El Rey? <laughs> like the king. Oh, okay. That's pretty good. Okay. <laughs> um, but 
Ryan Garcia is the king, so that's kind of conflicting. Yeah, but it's like King Ryan. It's not like El Rey. El Rey is just different. I don't know. Say it again. El Rey. <laughs> is that not right? Yeah, that's right. Ben would be proud. My boy Ben with a good Spanish. <laughs> For once. <laughs> He's also orthodox. McWilliams Arroyo. He's Puerto Rican. Uh, good rivalry there. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was kind of cool. He's 5'4". Uh, he has a reach of 64 inches. He's 35. Mm-hmm. He has 20 wins, 4 losses, and 15 wins by knockout. Miscellaneous things, he is a twin. Um, yeah, his brother's a fighter. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's a twin. And uh, he also had surgery on his foot, so he has two screws in his right foot, which I also saw on another... Um, I don't know, news? When I was researching this... They were saying that, I don't know, that maybe that could be, like, yeah. an area of weakness for him. I don't know. Well, uh, now I'm curious because um, McWilliams Royal has been out of boxing for about a year and a half, maybe two years. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious, what does that have to do with the surgery? Oh, or I don't could know. Be? So that could, that could be a negative and a positive thing because he could be coming back more healthy than yeah. he ever has been. Or he could be coming off sluggish. Yeah. Uh, also orthodox. Okay, so let's get into this fight. Julio Cesar Martinez, one of the most you know exciting fighters, uh, young fighters in boxing right now. He's in a weight division that has plenty of competition. Uh, legends actually in that weight class. Um, the only problem I have with Julio Cesar Martinez, right? And you know we have to you have to say it is he hasn't beat anyone. Okay, he has not beat anyone of note. No one worthy of note. Uh, has he he hasn't beat and he's very talented i'll give him that very power he hits so hard he has some of the best combination punches in boxing he switches very good he's very explosive there are some flaws though he's very stiff he's very straight up when he punches even when he punches the body his arms go low his body never dips his knees never dip he just punches from the same standing position he is which will allow a lot of openings his stiffness, like if you trade shots with him, he's there to be be hit. It's just the truth of it. Now, he's probably, if you're going to try to go offense to offense with him, he's probably going to win. His offense is pretty damn good. But it doesn't mean that you can't catch him in between the shots. Um, he punches from multiple ranges. Like, he, he's so good. I'm not uh, I'm not trying to downplay him. I think he's very good. But they're, when, they're, when they have obvious flaws like this, you're most likely going to run into him mm-hmm. as you get to a higher level. Yeah. Right? Um, and McWilliams Arroyo is no bum. Now, he is a massive underdog in this fight. Uh, almost a ridiculous fashion because McWilliams Arroyo has never really been extremely, like, wiped out by anyone. Maybe uh, versus uh, Inoki, who's, like, one of the best fighters in the world at that weight. But um, he, he gives tough fights to everyone. Like, he's a very he's a very capable fighter. He's a more capable fighter than the, what the odds have it. Not saying he's going to win this fight. But I'm just saying that the odds are, like, if McWilliams Arroyo is a bum, and he isn't, he's a very talented, capable fighter. Uh, McWilliams Arroyo is very technical. He uh, left hand is diverse. The left hand is very skilled. He can jab, hook, uppercut. He can do a lot of things that left hand. It is a scary weapon. And I think that's one that might give Julio Cesar Martinez some trouble. Um, he, he, you know, he doesn't uh, give up much for free. He's not a guy to go in there and you're going to be able to work off of. He's always, he's the kind of fighter that, if you're doing something, he's going to do something to counter it. He's not the kind of guy to be like, I, you know, I have no answers unless you have stuff. He's not going to let you have anything. Um, he's coming off a long break. His age is 35. I see the thing why they mash it up. The fight makes sense. Julio Cesar Martinez fighting McWilliams Royal before he fights all the main guys. It makes complete sense. I'm just saying this fight is not a gimme fight. 
I think uh, unless McWilliams or Arroyo's age catches up to him and he's not the guy he was, but if he's the guy that I've seen fight Quadras, if he's the guy I've seen fight all these tough fights, he, he, we are we are in for a good fight. This is a, a it could be a hell of a matchup. So I think I'll pick Julio Cesar Martinez to win just because his offense is so good. I think that maybe McWilliams Arroyo will um, not be able to keep up with that point. And his he's you know defensively a pretty smart fighter that he might just stay at home. But what I mean with that is he might just keep his defenses up because Julio Cesar Martinez is just getting off, right? But I expect this fight to go decision. I expect it to be a tough fight. And I expect Julio Cesar Martinez maybe to um, struggle parts of this fight. And I wouldn't be surprised if in this, and if, if in this, at the end of this fight, the people are saying, well, maybe Julio Cesar Martinez isn't what we thought he is. Um, everything we thought he is. And I'm going to say right now, just preemptively, Right, then we shouldn't do that. I think he's fighting a very tough opponent, and I think that the odds and everything have made this even a tougher fight for Julio Cesar Martinez because there's more of an expectation for him to dominate the fight. So I'm gonna say I have Julio Cesar Martinez winning a decision in this fight. I have him not looking as impressively or devastating that he has looked before, but I'm gonna say that's explainable. And I don't know how the odds got to this point, and maybe he blows this guy out, and I'm wrong on this, but I just say it's I think it's a pretty interesting fight, and I can't wait to watch it. Okay, so let's go on to our next one. We are going to be going to Anthony Durrell versus Kyron Davis. Now, I'm not, this is a PBC fight. I'm not sure if this is on Showtime or Fox. I'm, I'm not 100% sure. PBC has to deal with both. Um, this is actually a fight that I think was like literally signed like two weeks ago. It, it, I, I'm sure these fighters knew about it way before that, but the way the boxing's working, the way PBC's been working, PBC, their contracts are very last minute. They'll make stuff official very last minute. Go look at the PBC schedule online right now. You're not going to see much. Um, but before I get into what's going to happen in this fight, let's go to the stats. Oh, okay. This yes. is Anthony Durrell and Kyron Davis. Okay. So, all right. I have Anthony Durrell. He's American. The dog. 6'2". That is a nickname I did find. Mm-hmm. Uh, wait unclear he's 168 pounds okay uh 37 wins 33 two losses wins by knockout 24 and a reach of 74 and a half that's a good reach yeah he also interesting stuff so he's orthodox but in 2007 he actually had uh cancer yeah he did he beat cancer yes he actually stopped boxing for a while to fight cancer yes he had chemo for non-hodgkin's lymphoma like my dad oh wow yeah yeah so so i remember that i remember when he got that that was uh actually a very important part of his career because he stopped fighting like right in when he was becoming uh a contender yeah i mean that's 13 years ago so i mean he was about 20 what yeah yeah um, so I thought that was cool. Is it Kyron Davis? Yes, Kyron also Davis. Also American. Um, 5'10". Wait, I'm not sure. 168 pounds. Okay. <laughs> Again, I guess I should have, yeah, put two and two together. 26, 11 wins, 4 losses. I couldn't find the exact amount of knockouts, but they kept giving a percentage, which was 33%. <laughs> I don't know if those were... An estimate of what... Or, or no, what the amount of knockouts, yeah. he probably... Of, of, and his wins. Okay. Uh, and a reach of 73, also orthodox, but uh, the most notable fight to watch, because um, I wasn't sure if you were going to make that recommendation, was versus Hernandez. A good fight. Very good fight. Actually, the fight is counted for this uh, for this. Oh, really? For I this watched card. it, too. Really? It was stats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
uh, yeah, Hernandez is actually pretty tough. He just uh, he just knocked out um, uh, Kirkland. So we're going to this fight, Anthony Durrell, and I, you know, and I'm gonna admit I didn't really put it together until I studied for this fight. He's kind of underappreciated. Uh, Anthony Durrell has two losses, and they're they're both like against credible opponents, Benavides and Badu Jack, and Badu Jack at his absolute best, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and Benavides at his best. And Anthony Durrell was doing very good against Benavides until he got cut above his eye. Only problem with Anthony Durrell, he does cut. He has terrible legs, but his offense is pretty strong. He he, he stays on the ropes too long. Uh, he hits very hard, though. He's very fast, uh, good technically. Um, yeah, like I said, he has no bad losses. Um, he has just like the style, like I think that costs him, right, is he lays on the ropes. He has bad habits in the ring he has bad habits Kyron Davis is uh he's never been at this level before this is the first time at this level I think I think he's kind of getting fed to Durrell um but he has a chance because he he puts pressure he, he he's explosive um he's strong he's a little chinny uh, and he, he his um his defense is open up right down the middle a lot of the times he pulls back or he jumps in, his defense, his arms spread out too far, and he you could get hit right down the middle. And I expect Anthony Durrell to hit him right down the middle. And I expect this to maybe be competitive first few, but then Durrell will land a big shot, and Kyron Davis won't be able to stay stand up to it. I expect Anthony Durrell to get a knockout here. I expect Anthony Durrell to get a big fight. Mm-hmm. Um, even at 37 years old, though, you got to worry about the age. And Kyron Davis is, how old is Kyron Davis? Uh, oops. 30 years old, right? Or old. Uh, Let me see. Uh, 26. So Kyron Davis is still youthful, still in his prime, and maybe Anthony Durrell just starts feeling the age a little bit. But I, I, I'm gonna pick Anthony Durrell. I feel like that's a safe pick. Just with the mistakes that Kyron Davis makes, it benefits Anthony Durrell too much, and I'm gonna take him in that fight. But it could be an interesting fight if this starts going rounds and Kyron Davis holds up to the power and starts, uh, you know, Kyron Davis likes to work, put pressure on, and mm-hmm. Anthony Durrell likes to lay on the ropes. Yeah, that's a, usually a mixture for a good fight. So. I'll pick around in that matchup. If Kyron Davis can put the pressure while Anthony Durrell goes on the ropes, maybe catch him. Uh, maybe uh, Durrell starts feeling the negativity again. Kyron Davis just going, a guy that's willing to put pressure, a guy with good energy. And maybe he could pull out a decision, maybe a knockout for, you know, Durrell making those, like I said, those in-ring bad habits that he has. Maybe Kyron uh, Davis can make him, uh, make him make a mistake. But I'll pick Durrell. Now let's go on to UFC. the UFC. Uh like I said, this is uh, this is actually an interesting card uh, for the UFC. Uh, interesting main, main event. You got Rosenstrike versus what's his first name? This guy's first name. Cyril. Cyril Gain, which is a pretty cool name. And I'm not too familiar with Cyril Gain. I had to scout him out. Never seen him fight before. Um, but he's actually a pretty a pretty interesting prospect. Uh, heavyweight. Well, probably heavy, going into heavyweight contender. Uh, let's get some stats first before I get into the fight. Okay, so how do you say Rosen? Rosen strike. Okay, that <laughs> that guy. He's six four. He weighs two forty two. He's a He's thirty two. His reach is seventy eight, mm-hmm, which is insane. Reach. And so for their stats, they broke him up because his background is MMA and kickboxing. Okay. So this is crazy. So in kickboxing, he has seventy six wins, yeah. eight losses, and two knockouts. And in MMA, he has two wins, one loss, and one knockout. He okay. I'm guessing the knockouts are his losses. He's yeah. lost by yes. so so in the, when he has eight losses, two of them were by knockout. And in mixed martial arts, he has one loss, one by knockout. Okay, I don't know. This that's where a little bit yeah yeah that's why they phrase that's why they phrase it yeah. 
Um, cool. <laughs> Nickname this. I thought this was so funny. Biggie boy. Biggie boy. I like Biggie it. Biggie boy. Um, Orthodox, and then the background is MMA and kickboxing. Cereal. 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 Not cereal. Cereal. <laughs> Cereal. <laughs> He's being super serious. For cereal? <laughs> okay. Uh, cereal Gain. He's French. He's 6'6. Six, six. He weighs 258. He's 30. He has a reach of 81, which is insane. That is insane. Uh, 81. And then I don't know if you want to read the wins, losses, and knockouts because I obviously. No, no. Did I mean, wrong. no, no. For, so. He has their losses. So seven wins. And uh, three by KO. That's MMA. That's MMA. And kickboxing, kickboxing he has is... seven wins and five by KO. Okay. Background is uh, Muay Thai and kickboxing. And then his nickname is Bongamin. Do you know what that means? <laughs> no. Me either. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, uh, and Strike at one point was Gain, if that makes sense. and Strike was a guy coming up. Knocking people out, uh, big, scary, uh, impressive knockouts. Um, and Gain is now that guy, and they're trying. And this is like a, almost a crossroads fight to see if Rosenstrike is going to stay the contender or gain the new big guy to come up and be a contender for the heavyweight title in the UFC. Mm-hmm. Um, Rosenstrike gains the favorite in this right and i get that i see as i watch gain you're you're impressed with him he catches your eye he's very loose with the stand-up he's very uh very smooth honestly he's a big guy and he moves around the ring gracefully um he's his submission game is pretty pretty solid too he's a big guy drags you down he's very very good with the jiu-jitsu uh strike I've never really seen his ground game besides when uh, Overeem held him down for about four rounds, and he still got the knockout in that fight. Rosenstrike is a kickboxer through and through. He wants to keep the fight standing. And the thing that um, has me worried for Gain in this fight is that Gain's pretty confident in his, his, his kickboxing. But if that's correct and he only has seven kickboxing fights and Rosenstrike has 76 kickboxing <laughs> fights, yeah. Rosenstrike, even though he may look a little stiffer, even though he may look like a little bit more clunkier with his, his stand-up, he is a ve- he's a veteran when it comes to stand-up. And even though the guys look that way, I, I get why. Well, if you look at Gain, you say, well, he looks smoother. It looks better what he's doing. I want to fight more like him if I were to fight. I get that. I get how you would lean his way, but Rosenstrike is a veteran. He has a left hand, that a check left hook that he lands on anyone that they are wobbly-legged. Now, I know that Rosenstrike was destroyed by um was destroyed by uh, how could I be blanking on this guy's name right now? That's so frustrating. Uh I don't know. Yeah, I know. Okay. Uh look 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 up Rosenstriker. This is like literally insane. Nagano. Sorry, Francis Nagano. My respects to Francis Nagano for getting uh, I apologies for uh forgetting your name. Francis Nagano though is the hardest hitting man. It could be in MMA for sure. Could be in boxing as well. Like, he could be the hardest hitting man in the world, right? And he knocks everyone out. And he literally sprinted at Rosenstrike and put him to sleep. And I know because Rosenstrike is stiff. He's not going to move backwards. He doesn't have movement going backwards. That's his biggest flaw. A lot of the guys that fight in kickboxing don't have movement going backwards because the style is really a straight up style where they stand in front of each other and they each look to land their shots. They're not looking to move backwards. 
Rosenstrike has that style. And, yeah. and when you could push back in MMA, he gets in trouble with that. The problem with Gain is he's not going to look to do that unless he's going to look for a takedown. But I think the game is pretty confident with the stand-up. And I think that he doesn't look for double legs. He looks to drag you down. So he has, I mean, he has to get on the inside. I like Gain in this fight. I'm not, I know everything looks like I'm going Rosenstrike. I'm just saying if Rosenstrike were to win, I wouldn't be shocked. And if Rosenstrike were to knock him out cold, I wouldn't be shocked. Because Gain reminds me a lot. And he's a lot bigger, but of uh, Brandon uh, Brandon Vera, I believe that's the name. But I've seen guys like what I'm saying is I've seen guys like Game in the UFC before, where they look the part. Everything about them is like this is the guy, and it does not work. And they run into a clunky guy that's just very uh, tricky, very uh, veteran, knows the all all the things. He's not going to be surprised and stunned in there. And he knocks out a guy like Gain. I'm going to pick Gain to win the fight. Gain's big. He's smooth. And I think he can get to the fight. If he gets the fight to the ground, it's game over for Rosenstrike. So I think he has more ways to win the fight. I think the stand-up is going to be, if they stay standing, it should be a good fight, interesting fight. And I think that someone will get knocked out in this fight. I can't see this fight going to decision. This is like one of the ones I cannot see going to decision. I'll pick Gain. I'll pick him uh, by stoppage. I think he'll get him to the ground. I think he'll submit him. And I think the stand-up part is the riskiest part for the fight. But let's see. And the guy that wins this fight, um, Rosenstrike is hard if Nagano wins the title to say he's going to fight Nagano again because he was knocked out in under 10 seconds. But I thought put it back past the UFC to do stuff like that. Now, John Jones is next in the title shot. So it puts his, if Gain wins, it makes more sense for the UFC. He could get another fight with another contender. If Rosenstrike wins... You could do, I guess you could do the same thing, right? With Derek, fight Derek Lewis or something like that. Either uh-huh. guy, either guy, someone's fighting Derek Lewis in the winner of this fight. Um, but I, Gain, I believe, is the one the UFC probably has the big eyes for because he looks the part. He's a giant. He's smooth. Like I said, um, I'm gonna pick Gain in this fight. But if he stays standing, it, he's taking a lot of big risk right here, rolling strike, and he's got to watch that left hand because I can see rolling strike landing that check left hook and just ending the night. Okay, go to the co-main event. I'm not going to go the whole card for this, but I will go to the co-main event. I got uh, Ankalev, I don't know how to pronounce that guy's name, versus Nikita Krylov. And I'm like, I don't know why I'm using like a Russian accent when I do this, right? Uh, Did you have any stats on them? No. Okay. You didn't uh, yeah, that's fine. I don't think I was going to cover this, but I just wanted because I'm going to bet on it, so I want to cover it, right? Ankalev patient fighter uh good going backwards uh he doesn't look like the way he fights but he's a good stand-up fighter good punches patient uh moves backwards punches off his back foot solid jab uh solid um beautiful lead right uh can land that lead right when he takes a step back uh Krylov is a clunky stand-up fighter but he does get knockouts so he's pretty probably pretty confident with it but he's clunky he he marches with his punches, which I'm not a big fan of. It's a, it's like an MMA technique, but I'm not the hugest fan of it. Um, he falls in, but his uh, he's willing to mix up the strikes, but he 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 needs to get you to the ground. He, he's a submission ground guy. He he got a submission game. He could finish a fight, and that's probably where he wants to take this fight. The only problem is I just think that uh, Ankalev is it's just too good. He's just gonna uh, move back, and this guy's gonna fall into a big shot, and I expect him to win by a knockout. So I'll pick him to win that fight. Uh, Nikita, if he if he does, you know, crowd him, he can land a big head kick, but he's going to want to drag the fight to the ground. He drags the fight to the ground. That's his best chance of winning this fight. Okay, so my friends will ask me for opinions on betting, on betting uh, fights. And, and like I said, if I nailed all these, I'd be a millionaire, right? And that's what they want to be, and I didn't. I'm making them the opposite of a millionaire. I'm making them broke. 
So I got to be held credible. I got to be held accountable for this, right? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to bet a fictional million dollars and I'm going to see over this year where I'm at. Do I lose it all? Because I could lose it all literally this weekend. I'm betting it all this weekend. I could literally lose it all this weekend. betting a million this weekend. I'm betting a million this weekend. Without telling me. Yeah, fictionally. And we have a dog. Yeah, we have a dog. And... I, I would bet him, too, if I no. could. No. Okay. okay. It nearly cost me a million. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. So let's start it off with Canelo. Now, I know Canelo is a minus 5,000 favorite. There's not a lot of return value on that bet. I'm still going to bet it, right? Why? Because it's fictional money. But also, I like free money. And if someone told you, do you want a free 10,000? I'm going to take it. I am putting 500K on Canelo to win this fight. That's half the money that I, I have to bet. I was going to say half yes. the money and you know what all I'm, on Canelo. And you know what I get if I win? What? 10000 But like I said, if someone offered me a free $10,000, i am going to take it every time. Canelo's going to win this fight. I'm going to get ten k for that. On gain, I'm going to bet hundred k. He's a minus 265 so he's a favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to win on a hundred k bet. I will win thirty-eight k. Okay. Um, some of these numbers I rounded up. I didn't want to do like the thing. Just a good, solid number. Okay. On Magomed and Kolev, I apologize if I messed up your name. I guarantee I did. You are minus 350. I'm going to bet 299K on you. I am so confident in this matchup. And you will, and I would win 86K on okay. that fight. And you're going to say, why did you bet 299K? I'll explain that later. Anthony Durrell, 100K bet. Winning, uh, if I win that, 29K. I like I like all these bets. Like I said, I liked all the bets last week too. And I would I would have lost my whole damn house if I would have bet that. <laughs> okay, so why did I bet 299K? Because I needed to save five grand, right? 299K, 909,000. You know, I saved five grand basically. 200, that's why it's 299K. Got it. <laughs> so excited. I'm getting tired of doing film, <laughs> recording this podcast. <laughs> Okay, Mick, Mick Williams or Royal, right? He's fighting Julio Cesar Martinez. That had one loss. Yes, they had one loss. His debut. He's plus six six fifty. I'm gonna put five k on that. Why? Because I could win thirty three k. And out of a hundred of out of a million dollars, five k is not that bad. And the thirty three k is pretty much better than Durrell, better than Gain. I might as well take a five k uh, flyer at that fight. So I'm gonna take five k on that fight to win thirty three k. Even if I lose that, it's only five k, and I think I'm gonna get a return at least a ten k for Canelo. I feel really good on these other bets. So those are my bets this week. I will keep track. I will keep record, and we will talk about it in the post uh, the post fight reaction. Let's just hope this week is better than last week. I hope every week is better than last week. <laughs> this has been the Mouthpiece Podcast. Bye.